welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence coming at you from RKT headquarters worldwide is me, Alex, who's sort of the main question asker, Mark, the expert, Harry, the expert. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing good. Top IT minds right here for architecture, design, engineering space, getting together to brainstorm and impart some of the wisdom that we uh, I've gathered over the years serving architects as an IT provider. And uh, today is which sound a, a topic that may sound basic enough, like email security. So I want to start by scaring the bejesus out of all of you, okay? By what are some of the most common problems that we you guys have seen? And they don't have to be within our clients, but something you've read in publications or, or other IT forums. What's some of the major problems that we should secure our emails against. Scariest thing I've seen is uh, a large company that deals in million dollar bids. One of their their CEO getting their email infiltrated on the back end, um, and the CEO CEO sent an email asking for an invoice to be paid uh, because uh, a third party bad actor had, like I said, infiltrated their email. Um, sent a multi-million dollar email bid, uh, Hmm. uh, sorry, a request for payment on a multi-million dollar bid and the other company paid it. And it was all sorts of stuff, all because they didn't have their email locked down and secure. Um, No 2FA turned on, no, and we'll get into all those things, but that's the scariest thing. So there was some bad actor hiding in their email and sending email uh, pretending to be the CEO. Oh, so somebody takes over your inbox and then filth looks through your uh, stuff, looks through all the emails, figures out a way to um, to, you know, take you up for whatever they can take you up for, whether it's you know millions of dollars or could be hundreds of thousands. It could be thousands either way. Pretty bad situation. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You've seen that's kind of scariest. Yeah. Um, two things really that I've seen in my line of work that have probably been most prevalent. The first is a hacker gaining access to a VIP's mailbox. Um, So in that sense, somehow the hacker gains access to the user's password. Um, They can go in and add inbox rules uh, that redirect important messages to a certain folder. Mm. Uh, So we'll get calls saying, hey, I'm expecting this business deal from so-so-so, but it hasn't come by. Uh, but he said he sent it, uh, but I haven't seen it. Uh, well, it's hidden somewhere in your mailbox, uh, but a malicious actor has gone in there and put in a rule that says redirect emails from so-so-so and bring it to this folder. Um, that's one thing. Another very prevalent thing that's happening with email security is phishing. Um, which is just malicious actors sending legitimate looking emails um, to employees to either gain access to the company's data or get the employee to divulge important company data. Um, so these are those two things are probably the most prevalent I've seen in my line of work. All right. Good, good, good overview. So all of us use email a lot. We get a lot of this, uh, a lot of this phishing emails, and but some things, as Mark pointed out, and both Harry and Mark 
uh, some things that get more sophisticated if you're a business user, right? So if you're a personal user, you know, some prints will ask you for some money or or maybe you'll get a little clever and pretend to be PG&E or Netflix or something like that. On the business side of things, you know, when somebody takes over your inbox and begins to uh, put together a case, like almost like an investigator, and then, you know, takes you for uh, and steals the money from you, vendors or both. So let's let's. Uh, Mark, anything to add? You look like you want to. No, no, no. Scare us some more. No, good. I got, I got more scary stories, but not for right now. All right, good enough. All right, so let's talk about the the first one. This to me, this to me sounds the absolutely scariest. This because this is something you don't know uh, when somebody's sitting uh, or monitoring your email or has access to your email. What's the what are some of the ways to prevent this? The first thing is a, a secure password. That is the first step. Something that's not easily guessable. No password one two three. No, you know, like company name or something like that. Uh, best recommendation for that is something that's you know over probably twelve to fifteen characters in a statement. Some type of statement with numbers and a special character in it. You know, I like to go skiing in Tahoe. Four three two one pound symbol something that's a statement that's longer that's easy to remember uh is a is a a great start for passwords um and then harry i'll let you uh sort of take over on the 2fa multi-factor side of things can i can i can i harry can i put a pause here for a second um what are your guys's feeling on the password manager like LastPass and some of the other ones out there versus having to come up with your own password for everything else everything you use we do recommend it um, to most of we do we use it internally and we recommend it to most of our clients um, to use some sort of password keeping um, tool. So uh, uh, we do have outdated clients who still use outdated means to save passwords, like literally just saving them on Excel spreadsheets, uh, writing them down on notepads. Um, so we do encourage some sort of some sort of a password management tool. Um, the ones, this uh, is one that we usually use on Radio Command just because of the features that it has. Um, uh, but there's also like uh, 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 various ones out there, it just depends on your preference. And you said, What do we recommend? I think I interrupted you. Uh, you said last pass, last pass, last pass is the one that we all use. They all had their problems, but uh, you, look, it's it's probably you know, more secure than, than putting an Excel spreadsheet, that's for sure. Um, what about, so so Mark, let me, or, or Harry, um, what about generating passwords, f- like random passwords from the last pass versus the statements? Because I know we, we all took the security training that ArcIT does, and they did say that the most secure password is a statement with some numbers. You're absolutely right. Uh, like, hey, I fish for trout, you know, 6429, got nothing, got skunked, something like that, whatever. But yeah. what about the generator that that LastPass so conveniently presents us with? So one of the things, the nice things about the generator is that uh, it, it takes it even another step forward because all of our passwords, when we create internal passwords for our client that is just for use for ArcIT, because we use LastPass, we use 20 characters, uppercase, lowercase uh, letters, numbers, and special characters. So it is that, you know, they have charts out there of how long it takes to hack a password and something 
of that length, even taking the new computers, supercomputers, quantum, whatever you want to say, it's still taking them literally trillions of years. It would take to hack a password like that. Whereas like a six character password, one, two, three, can get hacked within minutes with a with a with a algorithm that's just testing all the passwords. So those password vaults that Harry was talking about all have a feature where you click a button and it just gives you a password and then saves it for you. That easy. Done. And then it syncs to all your computers, your phones. You can share it to your other colleagues if it's a shared account to log into. Um, it makes it seamless and easy. Yeah, we use that in my other business as well. And this is, I use it personally. It's it's definitely a lifesaver. Um, I don't know how people deal with life without it. It's just like there's so many, <laughs> there's so many things you need to access. Um, but let's take it next, uh, take it up a notch um, for a sec and uh, go to 2FA. With two, is it 2FA or MFA? Well, they're just different terms for basically the same functionality. Uh, let's talk about uh, that. Yeah, but it's 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 in a sense providing a second layer of authentication um, um, to protect access to your data. Um, so in terms of in terms of email security, you're talking about either downloading um, an application where like Google Auth or Microsoft Auth, just just multiple third party authenticators out there. Well, before you actually or before whoever gains access to your mailbox, they not only need to know your password, they will also need to have access to a token that you have. So uh, they will need to have access to your phone because the code will be sent to your mobile device. Um, so it, it's in a sense, multi-factor or two-factor authentication is providing an extra layer um, to help you secure against intruders accessing your mailbox. So but as Mark said, uh, strong passwords and two-factor authentications um, are two very, very important tools to have when it comes to securing your email. Okay, follow-up question. Uh, for the two FAs or MFAs, um, it, do you recommend, is your strong recommendation is to do it upon every login, every time? That's generally the way it works. Um, so you don't, Whenever you log in, you will be prompted to enter your two-factor authentication because um, you don't know when the intruder might be trying to log in. So the way 2FA works is whenever you're trying to log in, you'll always be prompted to enter your second factor authentication, um, which is usually a code or a text message sent to a device that you are in physical possession of. Mm -hmm. um, that way, it, it, it's there are new hacks around 2FA now, but the standard is still to have a second method of authentication. So these two methods we discussed basically um, increase the amount of energy, some, some quite significantly to, to hack you as an organization and make it maybe potentially not worthwhile um, because you know, there are other easier easier targets out there. And just this is the reality of the thing, right? I mean, the hackers are not gonna, the, the bad actors, the thieves, they're not gonna stop what they're doing. They're just gonna go find a victim that is a lot easier to to crack because the energy required to, you know, uh, say, you know, to uh, rub a bank, for example, like highly secure bank in downtown versus, you know, rob some person's trailer 
is very, very different. They're going to go yeah. for the trailer because it's in the woods. Nobody's there. It's going to, you know, <laughs> pop the door open uh, with the tire iron and, and get in there and steal the money versus the bank is the whole thing. So you want to be the bank. Absolutely. You want to have that secure yeah. vault. Uh, it's it, the, the bad actors take the low hanging fruit. Uh, that's what they go after. They look for those exploits and they, they target those first. Um, yeah. So trailer in the woods, downtown in the bank, you want to be somewhere towards the bank downtown. Uh, basically that's, that's the, the, the sad reality of this because somebody is going to get hacked, but that somebody needs to have their it tighten up. And so what right now for email, it's definitely use a password manager, you know, use either a statement or generate a password that's complex that takes trillion years to break. Although I do want to touch on AI. So now, now it's like a tangent a little bit. So I, I've been reading a lot. You know, I'm sure all of us are very interested in this new tech. Uh, I use Bard all the time, all the time, literally all the time uh, for just about anything, just 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 to get their opinion of the of the AI on certain things. But Mm. How does this now bring in? What kind of risks does it bring in? Does it in, in, increase the risks? Like, what's some of the implications of AI and password management or breaking? Um, of of course, it increases the risk. Uh, um, it, it was almost easy with the tools that were out there before. Now, with the introduction of AI. Um, bad actors are going to be able to use the power of artificial intelligence to guess passwords, which will make it much, much easier for, as much as AI is supposed to make it easier for the good guys, it's also going to make it very easy for the bad guys to be nefarious. Um, so, uh, which is, hence, a two-factor authentication is recommended. So if your password does get hacked, you do have another gate, in a sense. Yeah. Here's what I'm hearing, guys. Like, I want to pick your brain on this. I'm hearing that, okay, AI is here, so somebody, a bad person, can program, can tell the AI, here, just, you know, go ahead and break this, uh, you know, from all these multiple, and keep feeding AI hints and and other things they find through, through you know, trying to, I guess, uh, gather information about a particular company or whatever they're breaking into. But what about the other side? Like nobody talks about the AI sentries or or, or something like that, uh, AI-based security. Nobody talks about like, okay, AI is trying to break in and this actor is feeding it information constantly, new information. What about AI guarding and, and securing the, the site? So that... To Lagging behind, you know, yeah. uh, it, 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 the AI sentry, the AI security is lagging behind the uh, malicious actors using AI to push forward, if that makes sense. Uh, and that's sort of, uh, I don't know the term I'm looking, trying to think of, but it's sort of, uh, it's not there yet. Um, and the the offense is better than the defense right now. Uh and sort of like just, you know, as sports, it's analogy, um, a good offense will win, but you have to set up the best defense that you can to prevent a good offense from winning. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunately, it's one of the scary things right now out there. Hmm. So what you're saying is when you people say it's scary, I sometimes, you know, you know, my eye sets on opportunity. So what you're saying is if ArcIT 
uh, if we came up with AI Sentry that's actually functional and really good, we'll be billionaires with a B. I would love that, Alex. We'd, we'd get movies written about us. We'd, we'd be like right there with Elon and, and you know, you, you're, your name celebrity right there uh, on red carpet. So there's a little bit of work for you guys, okay? So this is a project for you. From now on, drop everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for the B. <laughs> And they and they do have. I mean, it's not that artificial intelligence isn't in the security suites. Um, we have uh, we use uh, Mimecast for our email security, external email security filter, and that does use AI uh, to to sort of learn the uh, rhythms and routines of your email flow. Uh, so it's there. It's just not at the forefront. And it's I I would I'm very confident that the the bad actors that are out there that are trying to do malicious things have an easier time utilizing AI to infiltrate than currently the security suites that are out there have are, you know, those aggressive actor, bad actors are doing better than the security suites right now. Um, and the best thing that you can do is get all your ducks in a row, the things we're talking about right now and get those things in play. Um, so you can be best, uh, you know, lock down and have a secure stance from your uh, business standpoint. Correct, correct. And just to piggyback off of that, two uh, um, FA and a strong password would only guard against someone actually trying to hack your mailbox, like get into your mailbox. Um, um, most of the scenarios that happen actually is someone actually trying to is email spoofing. So they pretend to be someone good from the company and tell you to send something, or they just send you a data and tell you to click this link. Um, so that's that's that that's the prevalent uh, uh, mint of of nefarious actors that we see these days. So a, a strong password or two-factor authentication wouldn't really help you in that scenario, um, which is where Mimecast comes in. Uh, um, some kind of tool that helps you um, secure your email gateway so before these emails even hit your server those emails are scanned for if they're possible spam if this is a phishing email um, and the way those tools work is through using artificial intelligence so you design policies and they study those policies and they study the signatures of those emails and they're able to like prevent those from actually coming to you um, but then some with artificial intelligence it, it, it's getting harder to detect those emails coming in. Um, and, and then we, you're going back to user training, you're going back to making your users aware, um, double checking things and making sure they don't just click links in emails. Um, um, so user training is also part of um, email security. Uh, um, having, having, having a secure email gateway is also part of email security, along with password security and authentication. Okay, so let me sum this up. One, password, secure password, and preferably use uh, uh, services of password management tool. Two, two-factor, uh, multi-factor authentication. Three, have a system that monitors email like Mimecast, that monitors email and does not let suspicious email just jump right in front of your face. Correct. And I missed the number four, Harry. You said- User, user training. User, user training. 
Uh, yeah, that's probably the key right here, isn't correct. it? Yes. Correct. So we actually have we actually have uh, a campaigns with our clients where we actually send phishing emails to them, but these are from Mimecast, but it's a way to like get them to be more aware of suspicious emails that could be out there. Um, so user training is also a big part because as much as you try to do protecting your gates, some bad emails are going to come through. So being yeah. able to identify emails that you think are suspicious, um, if you're not sure, call the person. Um, if your email comes with a link, do not click any links in the email. So user training is a big part of email security. Um, always wanted to ask um, the IT pros, and I never did, but I'm going to do it now. What is the worst case scenario for me clicking link in my email? <laughs> uh, <you're>, <laughs> uh, uh, there's there's a lot of bad case scenarios here. One being your computer literally just goes into black and it's done. I mean, that's like worst case scenario for your physical computer. It could happen Post that easily. Zorcher, computer's done, toast. All your data's lost right then and there. That's the worst case scenario for that. Realistically, that knock on wood won't happen. That's not what's going to happen because if they do that, they just they they get nothing from it, you know. Unless that's part of a bigger plan. What they want is they want access. They want access to your data, your filing cabinet, Alex, that you probably have behind you, right behind you, with all your bills, all of your personal stuff. That's a printed copy. Hey, that's digitalized on your computer. They want access to that. And that's that's really the worst case scenario is them getting access to all of your personal stuff. Correct. The worst case scenario for you and best case scenario for them. Um, so it's it, for them, it's just about sitting somewhere in your computer. So setting a malware, whether it's setting a malware on your browser, whether it's setting your C drive. So all that stuff is doing is just taking your keystrokes, is monitoring what websites you go to. Yeah, so this yeah. guy is this person is just building a profile on you and has all your data mm. stored at any time. And you don't know anything that you don't know that it's going on at all, huh? No, no, you don't. No. And it's it's scary. It's scary when they're there and they're there and watching. Um, you know, again, horror stories about that. And uh, you just don't know. Um, next thing you know, uh, you have the FBI knocking on your door, asking mm -hmm. what's up mm -hmm. with a subpoena to take all of your data on the spot. Um, and they just physically yank out your hard drives from your server and take them with them, and you're left in the dark. Which leads, you know, to uh, a great conversation about backups, <laughs> which we already did. Which we already did. So watch that video. Uh, um, and uh, one other thing I want to touch on really quick. So we have we talked about securing your email. Well, we also have Dropbox. We also have all your other web logins and all your other on-premise logins for different solutions that you have. It's really important to know that there are tools out there that we use at ArcIT and we recommend that our clients use that sort of incorporate all of your different logins into one login, uh, single sign-on. Uh, and it's a really secure way. Uh, and that's can be a, that can literally be a conversation for a different day. Um, it's a secure way to have all of your logins, most of your logins, some don't participate in it, but for the sake of this conversation, all of your logins being authenticated with just your Google account or just your your uh, Microsoft account. So it's single sign-on. You sign in with one sign-in for everything. Um, and they make it so secure 
that it's really not hackable without physically having your phone in front of you. Um, and it's not can be done through a text message, but there's fallacies in that as well. Um, but it comes with, you know, just it's it's a very secure way. Um, a lot of our larger clients, I know Harry, a lot of your, you know, the clients Harry works with and the ones I work with, we um all but mandate it. You know, we don't can't mandate them to do anything, but we strongly recommend it. And that and they have it enabled and it's a secure way to keep your network and all your web sign-ins very secure. Mm, I think that's a good topic to touch on on the next time. Harry, did you want to add some? No, no, no. I, I, used to, I think that's a that, that could be a whole topic of its own, single sign-on. It's single sign-on. All right. Well, we should cover that. We should attempt to cover that next, unless some other problem comes up and rears its ugly head, and we have to cover something else. So I think we've done we've done this justice. So the bottom line, the the moral of the story today, the RKT story that we've sort of woven through, is keep your money in valuables in bank vault in downtown versus a trailer in the woods, right? Trailer in the woods will get hacked. Somebody will be walking by, you know, somebody will target it. It's so easy, right? Bank may get robbed, but chances of that, too much energy, too much risk. It's next to a police station. Ah, eh, you know, let's go for the trailer, right? Think like, you know, the crook would think that way. And that's that's just how it is. Uh, so in the four ways to, to get your stuff, email stuff into the vault is, you know, one, um, have a great password. A really good password password management tool. Two is uh, multi-factor authentication. Three is is uh, Mimecast or similar tool that monitors spoofing and other kind of nefarious emails. And then three is an absolute uh, probably not four. Yeah, you know, four is very important is user training. Like get your team lifting weights. In other words, practicing. And uh, if you are um, found this interesting and helpful, that's great. If you need help from guys like Mark and Harry and the rest of our IT team, we can be easily found. We're getarkit.com. We're here to solve your IT problems so you can focus on doing your best work. Gentlemen, I thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank yep. you very much. Thanks, this, Alex. This was a good one. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Until then, have a fantastic day and uh, you know, stay safe. You too, you too, you too. Stay safe, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.